evening and welcome to another 14 Words. And here's Ian and everybody. Hey, we're live. Welcome. Oh. Yes. One and all to this Yuletide welcome. treat. Welcome to the party around Barrymore's house. My wife's moving to Dorset. Um, Jamaica. Two, two nuns, two nuns in the bath, for wash, washing their cunts. Alaska. And, um... <laughs> yeah, with the soap. Oh, you know all that. Yeah. <laughs> so who who's gonna start off this big steaming Yuletide log? Uh, I don't know. Where, where, where do we want to start? Go on, uh, I'll let you start, Ian. You're the guest. Yeah, you want to go? Yeah, all right then. So, yeah. welcome to the Christmas special. No, there's no Hobbit tonight, is there? So, we're uh, uh, he may drop in, man. I'm not sure. Yeah, he might drop in later, but uh, we're a man down, but we'll survive. Yeah, so we've got uh, Hemi Dom and uh, J Rock, mate. J Rock, hey, hey, good. All right, all right. I'll kick off then. You know, so sort of a spooky feel to Christmas, isn't it? With fourteen yeah. words is what we uh, we like the angle we like to take on things. So um, I've got my Twitter page up, and um, some of my followers have sent me some 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 tales, and I've got an interesting one here, which comes from Hedgehog Forty Nine. He sent me this tale, which happened to him one Christmas. So. It reads as follows. This happened when I must have been five or six years old. Ooh. It was Christmas Eve night. I have no time, no idea what time it was. It was just late and everyone in my house was probably asleep. I woke up randomly to what? I don't know. But, it, but I was probably thirsty. So I had to get out of bed and walk all the way down to the kitchen to get a glass of water. There were night lights on in the living room and the kitchen, so I didn't have to turn on any lights to see where I was going. Whenever I was thirsty as a kid, I'd always decide to finish the glass when I was in the kitchen instead of bringing it to my room. I don't know why, just one of those stupid mistake. things I did as a kid. Yeah. As I was sipping the water, I heard noises come from the lounge where we had our Christmas tree. Mummy sounded like a big together and they had a weird moaning noise. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll come on to that. It sounded like a big bag, so I peered my head around the door to the lounge, um, but it was too dark to see what was in there. So I switched on the table side light, and I was greeted by a massive man, both in height and size, wearing a red suit and a hat, and a familiar long white beard. It was Santa Claus. He waved me over, and I nervously and excitedly walked over to him. He was only six, remember, so obviously this was a great experience. He patted my head and said he was just delivering my presents from his black bag. He looked at the bag, which seems to be full of small boxes. I tried to get a peek into the bag, but he stopped me and said, No, no, don't do that. It's a surprise. I noticed that there were already some presents under the tree turned me around and whispered that I needed to go back to bed. 
For some reason, I didn't go. I just stayed there looking at Santa. Eventually, he walked me back to the stairs, telling me I had to be quiet and to get back to bed. He asked me which way my room was and to go there. This now time, then, I obeyed him. Yeah. Is that what he said? Well, <laughs> it's getting that way, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> this time, I obeyed him and I went. I looked back down the stairs and all I saw was the eerie figure of Santa Claus looking up at me. I realised that he had turned off the light as I walked up the stairs. I went to my room, closed the door excitedly, then because I had just seen Santa, and I tried to fall back to sleep. I heard a loud bang from downstairs in the lounge, and the sound travelled all the way back up to my room. I assumed that Santa was leaving the house. The next morning, I woke to my mum's screams downstairs. I ran down to the lounge to where my mum and dad already were, to a disturbing and confusing scene to my young self. There were no presents under the tree, and the sliding window was broken. I don't mean the glass was shattered, I mean it was slammed so hard that it come apart from, this, from the sliding mechanism. I confusedly asked my parents what had happened and explained that I saw Santa last night. When I told him this, they frantically tried to get as much information out of me as, they, as possible. My dad called the police and when I asked him for fresh details before writing this, he said the operator said that two other calls for the same incident had come in that morning. Ooh. Apparently a man dressed as Santa was targeting certain houses with accessible windows and he was stealing the gifts from under their Christmas trees. Leave, there's a special place in hell for that man. My That's like a had... fucking genius to me. <laughs> 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 Not exactly spooky, though, is it? Um, my parents had to tell me later that day that Santa isn't real, and should anything like that happen again, not to trust him. And there you go. You can't tell a Christmas. kid not to trust Santa Claus. When something like that happens, you can. So, so there you go, kids. Never trust Santa. Kids be naughty. Why don't they just say, "Look, you've been naughty. That's why Santa took your presents away." Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say towards the end of that, yeah, and the VCR was gone, wasn't they? <laughs> it was before VCRs were invented. Oh, spooky! Yeah, they yeah. stole the VCR a... that they didn't have. Do you have a Scouse accent? Maybe they had a Yeah, kid. At a beta max, so he still he decided not to uh, to steal that. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> no point would it. Yeah, be one video you could play on it. Life of Brian. So yeah, so yeah, an eerie story there. So ooh, uh, do, but, do you yeah. to, who's who's going in next? Do you want to go, Dom? Uh, yeah, go on then. Who is Santa Claus? I found a, uh, um, I found, um, there's eight, a thing here. Eight ways magic mushrooms explain the Santa story. Uh, story of Santa and his flying reindeer can be traced to an unlikely source, hallucinogenic or magic mushrooms, according to one theory. Santa is a modern counterpart of a shaman who consumed mind-altering plants and fungi to commune with the spirit world said John Rush, an anthropologist and instructor at Sierra College in Rock 
Brooklyn, California. And here are eight ways that hallucinogenic mushrooms explain the story of Santa and his reindeer. So the fir firstly, we have um, Arctic shamans gave out mushrooms on the winter solstice. According to the theory, the legend of Santa derives from shamans in the Siberian and Arctic regions who dropped into locals' teepee-like homes the bag full of hallucinogenic mushrooms as presents in late December. As the story goes, up until a few hundred years ago, these practicing shamans or priests connected to the older traditions would collect Ammonita muscaria, the holy mushroom, dry them and give them as gifts on the winter solstice. <laughs> uh, you know that Ammonitis, the um, sort of also, red one um, with the white dots on it, you know. Also, it was the shaman who said ease are good, wasn't it? Exactly. There's a definite yeah. thing there as well. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> um, he told her, said, uh, because snow is usually blocking doors, there was an opening in the roof through which people entered and exited, thus the chimney story. When you say snow was blocking doors, you mean you mean cocaine snow or just regular? <laughs> yeah, no. This this is um... speaking of speaking of snow. Have you noticed Richard Bacon's uh, presenting GMB lately? <laughs> this... <laughs> yeah. He's been forgiven, has he? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh... <clears> this <throat> one is that mushrooms, like gifts, are found beneath pine trees. Um, that's just one of the symbolic connections between the Aronita muscaria mushroom and the iconography of Christmas, according to several historians and ethnomycologists, people who study fungi's influence on human societies. Um, he sounds like a fun it, guy. <laughs> In his book, uh, Mushrooms and Mankind... Uh, the late author James Arthur points out that Ammonita muscaria, also known as also known as fly agaric, lives throughout the northern hemisphere. Is that is that late is that late late author and winner of X Factor, James Arthur? Um, I'm not aware of the X Factor um, <laughs> character. <laughs> there was a guy, there's a guy who won X Factor a couple of years ago called uh, James Arthur. And isn't it isn't it slang for having a piss as well? I'm going for a James Arthur, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you're talking about a J Arthur, which is something different right. entirely. It's a J Arthur rank, yeah. Yeah, it's a J <laughs> Arthur right. rank. Yeah. <laughs> it was something along those lines. Mm. So anyway, um, yeah, it lives uh, under conifers and birch trees, mm. which the fungi, which are deep red with white flecks, have a symbiotic relationship partially explains the practice of the Christmas tree and the placement of bright red and white presents underneath it which look like mushrooms, he wrote. Why do people bring pine trees into their houses at the winter solstice, placing brightly coloured packages under their boughs as gifts to show they love high. for each other? Yeah, probably. It's because underneath the pine bough is the exact location where one would find this most sacred substance in the wild. If we want to find the substance ourselves, so what, what are we looking for here? Let's I'll say no. Do not eat these mushrooms, as they can be poisonous. Yeah, if you get the right, if you get the wrong wrong one, it's it, it's not fun. Yeah, well, we want the right one. We want the ones as, that as knock your head off, as in probably puking to death. I should imagine or something yeah. like that. Extreme Don't... intestinal pain or something like that. I should imagine. We want the ones that look like little little brown nipples that grow around here. They'll do. <laughs> um, 
And the uh, next one is that uh, reindeer were shaman spirit animals, uh, common in Siberia and northern Europe, and seek out these hallucinogenic fungi. As the area's human inhabitants also have been. So they say they use them like, um, like pe- like people use pigs for finding truffles. Then is that what they're saying? I think yeah, basically. A quick one on the um on the mushrooms actually though when you see when you see um fairies and elves depicted in fairy tales they often sat on mushrooms or under yeah. mushrooms aren't they which is yeah. sort of sort so of just a, a tie a fucking, in there so it was the caterpillar that was high as a fucking kite in alice in wonderland yeah. wasn't it also yeah, up, your, up your fucking head on mushrooms you'll see pixies yeah. and shit yeah, also, Santa, Santa has elves, and if you take uh, DMT, you can see the interdimensional elves. So there the could be a link elves. there. Yeah, yeah, the machine elves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you take MDMA, you'll see dancing elves. Yeah. And yeah, so apparently these Siberian tribes, tribesmen ingested the mushrooms, may have hallucinated that the reindeer were flying. Uh, a one th- a lovely um, story. These these skeptics and their fucking crazy stories, eh? <laughs> and amongst the Siberian shamans, you have an animal spirit you can journey with in your vision quest. Reindeer are common and familiar to people in eastern Siberia. Oh god, don't, don't, I'm I'm still traumatized from vision quests. I watched uh, I watched series three of Titans, and no fewer than four characters died and had to go on vision quests to get back to get back to the world. Is it, I thought, yeah, you, you're really fucking, you're really fucking bending this rope as much as you can, aren't you? Fuck me, it was terrible. <laughs> and, the, and they're going to start giving the police helicopters, uh, and pigs will fly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also, uh, the next point is that the shamans dressed like Santa Claus, and they, and because they, they had a. Uh, Tradition of dress, dressing up like the mushroom, so therefore red red suits with white spots. Uh, mushrooms all abound in Christmas iconography. Tree ornaments shaped like Ammonite mushrooms and other depictions of the fungi are also prevalent in Christmas decorations throughout the world, in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. Uh, that said, he made it clear that the connection between modern-day Christmas and the ancestral practices of eating mushrooms is a coincidence, and he doesn't know about any direct link. And Ru- Rudolph's nose resembles a bright red mushroom. Mm. Have you been listening um, to too much Joe Rogan or something? Sorry? <laughs> I said, you've been listening to... Septum, this is like Joe Rudolph Rogan a... material, this is, isn't it? He's a... is it? He thinks the I Bible's think... about magic mushrooms, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he did have a guest on who was going on about this at one point. Yeah. yeah. And Rudolph it's... had a nose like Danielle Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's not much one. Um, a do you remember when her ex-boyfriend uh, Brian Harvey tried to run himself over? He did. He 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 uh, succeeded, didn't he? He <laughs> fell out of his car. <laughs> how do you fucking was... how do you fucking run yourself over? <laughs> he, 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 had, he was going to throw up, so he put his. He opened the car door to throw up, put his head out, and fell in such a way that he went under the car and <laughs> ran himself over. Now he's now he's on benefits. Benny's. <laughs> all right, um, a visit from Saint Nicholas. So it wasn't been... really all right then. He was lying to us. Mm. <laughs> and he hadn't been all around the world. He'd just been under his car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and, but Coca-Cola, actually, that's red and white, isn't it? And that's also, that was the original Coca-Cola was infused with cocaine. As, as Hobbit had a rant to me yeah. the other day, he showed me his phone and angrily said, why are all these fucking apps blue and white? Mm. <laughs> Have you noticed how many apps are fucking blue, uh, how many apps are blue and white? Nobody picks that's... any other colours, do they? Is that because they're all owned by Facebook, though? Well, uh, Twitter isn't yet, is it? Oh, I suppose, yeah. They're all, they're all Facebook wannabes, aren't they? Yeah. So, uh, okay, the next one is a visit from St. Nicholas. May have been borrowed from Showman Rituals. Many of the modern details of the modern-day American Santa Claus come from the 1823 poem, Visit from St. Nicholas, which later became famous as Twas the Night Before Christmas. The poem is credited to Clement Clark Moore, an aristocratic academic who lived in New York City. The origins of Moore's vision are unclear, although Arthur, Rush and Ruck all think the poet probably drew from northern European motifs that derive from Siberian or Arctic shamanic traditions. Yeah, because they, they had no one called Santa Claus until until America was invented, did they? It's like that's when it, That was ground zero of Santa Claus, wasn't it? Yeah. Fucking Yanks. The absolute state of Yanks. It's like they think everything. They think they're the, they, they're the beginning, be all and end all of everything, don't they? <laughs> um, at the very least, Arthur wrote, Santa's sleigh and reindeer prob- probably references to various related Northern European mythology. For example, the Norse god Thor, who in a chariot drawn by two goats, which have been replaced in a modern telling by sh- Santa's reindeer. The historians were unaware of a connection between Santa and shamans or magic mushrooms, including Stephen Nissenbaum, Wrote a book about the origins of Christmas traditions and blah blah blah. Both of I don't know why it's even mentioned that. So anyway, moving on. Um, Santa is from the Arctic. Um, one historian told NPR that the theory of a mushroom Santa connection is flawed. If you look at the evidence of Siberian shamanism, which I've done, you find that shamans didn't travel by sleigh, didn't usually deal with reindeer spirits, very rarely took the mushrooms to get trances, didn't have red and white clothes. But Russian Ruck disagrees, saying shamans did deal with reindeer spirits and the ingestion of mushrooms is well documented. Siberian shamans did wear red deer pelts, but the colouring of Santa's garb is mainly meant to mirror the colouring of the mushrooms. As for sleighs, the point isn't the exact mode of travel, but that the trip involves transportation to a different celestial realm. Is this the re- um, is this the real conspiracy here that uh, Coca Cola is uh, <coughs> a hallucinogenic substance? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there was a thing that Coca Cola came up with a red and white Santa, but I mean that's been debunked, hasn't it? I mean, is it to make him look like a Coke can? Yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes people would also drink the urine of the shaman or the oh. reindeer. So hallucinogenic mm. compounds are excreted this way without that, some does of that the remind you of uh, Blackadder? Do you remember that? He's been drinking it since before we left port. <laughs> when they, go, <laughs> when, when they go, go and do the uh, the uh, the Drake bit, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Tom Baker had been drinking his own urine even before they had to. Yeah. So you- wasn't he the pirate captain with no legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes, ah, let me tell you the story of how I lost my ex, weren't it, yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds like Dutch water sports, this as well. 
<laughs> Maybe they just like drinking piss. And shame water sport here, so the volume, volume two. <laughs> and that's basically it. Yeah. Right. Shall I do? Uh, shall we talk about uh, Gryler? Because I've actually found that Gryler, the Yule Cat, and the what's it boys? They're her Gryler's kids. So. Gryla is a thrice-married Icelandic giantess, lives in a mountain cave near Dimmerborgir lava fields with her third husband and has extrasensory powers that allow her to detect misbehaving children in nearby towns. They, <laughs> they obviously, did, they obviously didn't, help, didn't help her find misbehaving husbands. Did they? Her, her third husband, was, it, was this John Collins by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> she kidnaps the brats and then cooks them into a delicious stew. It's a, she sounds like Hillary Clinton, doesn't she? Her favourite yeah. food, always in high supply. She's also the owner of Jolaka Turin, the hellacious Yule Cat, and mother to the mischievous Yule Lads, described below. So, Yoka Turin, the, the Yule Cat. Gryla's monstrous feline stalks the countryside, eating up anyone not wearing new clothes on New Year's Eve. What a crime. <laughs> so it sounds you... like it could be an alien big cat story as well, isn't it? It does. This, this, this... Bought and paid for by by Big Marks and Spencer, isn't he? Uh, the Yule Cat. Uh, yeah, so there's um, a fourteen tie-in on in this. Uh, that sounds rather classist, but legend has it that wool farmers used to invoke Yolokatorin as a way to scare workers into quickly processing the autumn wool before the holidays. Quick workers would get new clothes as gifts. Slow one would just get eaten. In an alternate version, the cat merely eats people f- people's food, which is totally something a cat would do. Mm. <laughs> so the next one is the Yule Lads. Scratch the sofa. One. So uh, 13 sons of Gryla, the Yule Lads, are each known for a particular habit or characteristic, much like the Disney version of Snow White, Seven Dwarfs. Most of them are de- depicted as mischievous, mischievous pranksters and petty criminals. Icelandic oh, like children... The, Go on then. the Bash Street kids, are they? The Yule yeah, Lads. Yeah, yeah, plug. Which one's plug? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Icelandic children had visited each night on the 13 days leading up to Christmas by a different Yule lad, including some charmers as Shepcoat Clog, a peg legged sheep fancier. I don't know what they mean by sheep fancier. <laughs> is, is that the punishment? I think we do. Yeah. Fred West, <laughs> is, is, that, is that the punishment? Your sheep gets fucked if you're, if you're a naughty person that year. Uh, gully Hawk, who hides out in ditches or gullies. And waits for an opportune moment to run into the cow shed and lick the foam off the milk in the milking bucket. Uh, Stubby, uh, whose name denotes his stature as he is unusually short. These, you know, I mean, this this must have taken years to come up with this story, mustn't it? <laughs> uh, spoon licker, who's a licker and a thief of spoons. Pot scraper, who is a petty thief of leftovers. Bowl licker. No licker. <laughs> bowl, bowl licker. Considering the time this was made. Bowl licker who hides under your bed. I dread to think what bowl he licks, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, uh, who hides under your, oh, oh, shit, wrong bowl. Oh, Ask licker who wants a promotion in work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, hides, <laughs> he hides under your bed and waits for you to absentmindedly put down your bowl so he can steal and lick it. Door slammer who slams doors all night. You know, closing the name. Takes a bowl to bed. Uh, skier gobbler who eats skier, which is yogurt. And Sausage Swiper, who steals sausages. <laughs> These are like the worst X-Men ever. <laughs> <laughs> These are the ones that didn't make it into the X-Force. Um, uh, window, window, I think actually Gary from from the, from uh, Deadpool 2 is probably better than this. No cleaner. 
doorway doorway sniffer. This is this sounds like an anti-Semitic canard to me because doorway sniffer uses his incredibly large nose to sniff through doors to find bread. Uh, meat hook who always brings a hook along with him so he can steal meat. Well, mm. yeah, could be Candyman uh, that one. Could and it? candle stealer who follows children around so he can steal their candles, leaving them in the dark. Oh, people who people who follow children around usually don't want their candles, do they? They have to say <laughs> yeah, <else>. yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, that's after their flesh candles. Yeah, I, yeah. I just uh, you, you can see you can handles. see why you can see why husbands one and two got fed up with these shenanigans, can't you? It's <laughs> 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 me fucking spoon. Oh shit, there's no leftover. Oh fuck this, I'm leaving. I reckon that's it. Where's all my sausages? Oh, they keep slamming the doors. Fuck this. Someone sniff this. this. Sniff, sniff this. This door frame. This all happened just around Christmas time, did it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, I don't. I don't know, but it mentions that woman. I don't know. So. What knicker sniffer? Yeah. Well, they are the Yule like, lads, so. Sounds like it could be this this uh, Santa Oxsucker. burglar. Yeah. That's doing all this. Uh, what are we doing next? Uh, whose turn is it next? If it's well, Susie and. Mine, okay. Um, what happened to J Rock? Is he not here? That's he's, he's, he's only ever here in per, uh, he's here in yeah, he's, body, but not in spirit. He's he's pleasuring himself whilst watching, is he? Yeah, <laughs> all, right. all right. Then I'll tell you what, then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you another another story sent in to me this time. This was sent in by M Khan from Enfield. Is he, bent? <laughs> he is bent, yes, and yeah. and the reason he's Turned out bent is because of the following story. So, Ooh. did Father Christmas do something different? To it? Did Father Christmas yeah, didn't nick his we're about VCR, to, did he? We're about to find out. So, he he was sausage sausage. Uh, he had an encounter he with sausage, sausage stealer. Sausage stealer. Anyway, okay, then he got his his spoon was licked. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is it then. Uh, so, okay, up until the age of about eight. I always had a fear of those guys who would dress up as Santa in shopping centres for chil- or for children's parties. I think I was about six or seven at the time when me and my mum were walking through the shopping mall with all the Christmas decorations up. Festive music was playing, a giant Christmas tree stood erect, and of course, Santa sat there, covered by a green blanket. There's a small line of kids and parents waiting to sit on the Santa's lap, maybe two or three kids. My mum insisted that I sit on his lap. Normally, it would be the other way around, with the kid begging the parent to sit on the lap. She knew how shy I was. There wasn't any, anyone by the, by the Santa's side, like an elf, or one of those people who calls the next child up. It was just him. When it was my turn, I sat in his lap. He grabbed me by the chest and softly whispered in my ear, What do you want for Christmas? Yes. I replied, a Game Boy advanced. He assured me I would receive one. Then, for whatever reason, my mum walked up to the Santa and said something quietly to him. He chuckled in response to whatever she said and said, No problem. My mum told me to wait by the Santa for a few minutes until she came back. At this point, there were no more kids waiting to sit on his lap, so his attention was directed at me. 
told me to come over and sit on his lap again. I somehow obeyed, and despite my fear of Santa Claus. Yeah. Despite my fear of Santa Claus. Now then, now then, jingle jangle. Yeah. When I sat on his lap, he pulled me closer to him uh, so that my back was leaning against him. He then whispered into my ear that he had a Game Boy advanced outside by his sled, and if I followed him, I could get it now and wouldn't have to wait until Christmas. My fear suddenly turned to excitement as I believed him. Then he got bummed. Mm. Both stepped off the chair and headed down one of the exit hallways, but halfway through he told me we should take a toilet break first. We stepped into the toilet and he quickly locked the door. I turned and looked at him and he looked at me, but before anything else could happen there was a frantic banging at the door. Somebody the other side was yelling to open up. Santa opened the door and the man on the other side pulled him out and shoved him. The man then escorted me back to the centre of the mall, asking me where my mum was. I watched as the fake Santa casually walked out of the exit door and out of my sight. When my mum came back, the man explained everything. I'm pretty sure he was watching the whole time. So here my mum asked around to see if the mall had hired any Santas for the day. They had not. Whatever that was, was just a pervert dressed as Santa to get kids to sit on his lap oh. and possibly wait for the perfect opportunity to snatch one, just like he did almost to me. So there you go. Dodgy story, eh? I mean, that's a great one for police to catch mm. criminals. They just need to trace anybody who's bought a Santa costume. Yeah. And yeah. it's bound to be a burglar or a paedophile. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, did you hear about the story? It's been sort of viral. Um, apparently, a, a girl went to do one of these Santas and he asked her what she wanted for Christmas. She said, oh, I want my stepdad to stop molesting me. And so Santa and his four elves went and beat the shit out of the stepdad who was waiting outside. But apparently, it's a fake story. But <laughs> it would have been good if that was yeah. true. Anyway, okay. but these days, many countries have actually banned uh, these kind of Santas, though. Not for political reasons or for reasons of taste, but because they're shit. So, there you go. That's the, uh, that's, that's the tale from M. Khan from Enfield. So. Oh, and, that, and that's why he's bent. <laughs> yeah, that turned him, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah, I don't... Did you go to those things when you were younger? I think I did. I don't really remember. Yeah, I'm sure I did. I did have a relative who was one and actually died whilst doing it. Oh. An older, an older. I think it was an older. I can't remember some uncle or other. And uh, yeah, he was doing the uh, doing a kids' party, and then he just died. <laughs> died in the middle of doing oh, it. Nice. And the and the parents had to say, "Oh, Santa's just having a having a little sleep." Oh, sleep nice. yeah, yeah. Well, at least he died do, died doing what he loved. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, that's Christmas for you. Ooh, Dom, you're not always a happy Dom. occasion. Not always full of fun and joy. Is, is Dom going to make it to the end of the episode? Or are, you, are you pacing yourself this time, Dom? I think you burnt out last time, didn't you, mate? Yeah, I'm trying this time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made it to the end of the bits I was reading last time. <laughs> <I think. laughs> 
you get to the end of the bottle. Oh, I don't think yeah. Damien knows the M card is bent thing, does he? Oh, that was uh, David Padilla, wasn't it? Uh, was that yeah. Mary Whitehouse experience? Mary Whitehouse experience, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was written on a motorway bridge. Yeah. The A406. <laughs> um, yeah. I've got... Is there, an got actual uh, pic- is there an actual picture of it? I have looked for it. There's not. I can't find one, but it is apparently true. And it is the sort of, sort of thing you would see on a bridge, isn't it? So yeah. There's no reason why it wouldn't be. Only one I remember is the, the Give Peas a Chance one. So I think uh, that's on the A1 yeah. or the M1. I've got, I've got a book. I've got, I've got a uh, book series from Nigel Rees called uh, Graffiti OK. It's got loads and loads of like in, like funny graffiti he's collected from all over like the world. He's got some from uh, Dubai and America as well. Uh, one of the funny ones is like it's uh, there's it, a film poster for the Red Baron and someone's put a speech bubble going, that'll teach him to make lumpy custard. <laughs> I quite like Wanksy. Draws cocks around potholes to force the council to come and fix them. Oh shit! I've just found a <laughs> forum here. Hold on a sec. Um, does anyone know if my M card was identified? Oh, it used to be written on a bridge near Luton, and it was Badil who made a sketch about it. Luton, I thought it was the A four oh six. Hey, I mean, sure right, it's Luton. Right. I thought that was around where I used to live. But anyway, but yeah, Badil did a thing on it on oh. Mary Whitehouse experience, and uh, uh, they do say M Khan could have been. Well, you, you, is, you've got to, you, Oh, apparently, you, little known fact, but the M Khan referred to in the graffiti was eighties hip hop impresario Morgan Khan. Apparently, <laughs> was he was he bent? Obviously, <laughs> they wouldn't lie, would they? Yeah, but yeah, so. Uh, plenty of graffiti. I drove under a bridge on the M1 yesterday that had painted Coops as a cock like a baby's arm. <laughs> Coops. Well, uh, I, I like, uh, yes, I like upon rereading, it actually says Coops as a cock like a baby's leg. <laughs> I'm reading a baby's it li- li- live on, on a forum I've found. Okay. Do we know no, who Coops yeah. is? Like, I like a lot of the um, graffiti that you see in a in, in stalls in toilets uh, yeah. like call call this number for sex and you know it's just like someone's mate someone who's just stitched up their oh, mate are we, are we gonna are we gonna have an aside into graffiti because i've got the book here um yeah, I'll, yeah we I'll, should. Find, I'll find some choice bits <laughs> what one uh, in our local pub was um foolish people go home and stop stealing our, and someone else had written underneath and stop stealing our swans <laughs> Uh, national nationalise crime and make sure it doesn't pay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cunnilingus is a real tongue twister. If Ty <laughs> if Ty Fu put the tea in Britain, who put the cunt in Scunthorpe? <laughs> uh, don't laugh, it might be your daughter in here. <laughs> dust on dust on a passion wagon. Uh, what is it? Keep death off the roads. Drive on the pavement. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, um, halitosis is better than no breath at all. Uh, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, first three minutes of life can be the most dangerous. It's a hospital notice. Some wrote underneath, last three minutes are pretty dodgy too. <laughs> uh...
Jargon rules, ongoing agreement situation. That's jargon rules, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, if this machine is out of order, see the landlord on contraceptive vending machine, and if it's in order, see the mar- see the barmaid. Uh, nice. Yeah, I think I wrote that one. Yeah, <laughs> that one of yours is it? Uh, it's one of mine. Yeah. Until I discovered women, I thought love was a pain up the ass. Uh, right, clever. Yeah. Uh, where are we going here? What what a lot of cunning linguists you all are. Uh, masturbation stunts the growth. Eight feet from the floor, liar. Get it. Uh, he said stunts your growth, so then eight foot from the floor they wrote liar. Oh, right. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Hey, yeah. with you. Only the mediocre are always at their best. <laughs> Uh, I'll have to find out, find some of the better, better ones. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's some quite good ones in here. Cool. Uh, anyway. Adam, Adam met Eve and turned over a new leaf. <laughs> Is that was that a Christmas gift? That book? <laughs> uh, no, I should bought it myself. It's quite funny. I've got an. Shakespearean insult generator. It's downstairs. Shakespearean <laughs> insult generator. Oh, I've got the meaning of lift. You know the meaning of lift, do you? That's where oh, um, Douglas Adams and someone else invented like uh, humorous, humorous um, meanings for place names. Oh, right. Uh, Wait, yeah. Douglas Adams has done a couple of things like that, hasn't he? Didn't he do some uh, rules for life or something like that? Oh, did he? Uh, so the meaning of meaning of lift. So, <laughs> God, some of these places. Grinstead, the state of a woman's clothes after she's been to powder her nose and has hitched her tights up over her skirt at the back, thus exposing her bottom, has walked out without noticing it. I've got the Daft Dictionary by Giles Brandreth. Get my insult generator in a minute, and then I can uh, insult oh, you. I can pepper Ipswich. you with them. Ipswich, the pregnant whirring at the end of the phone that precedes a pre-recorded junk call about payment protection insurance. Uh, Ludlow is a wad of newspaper, folded table napkin or lump of cardboard put under a wobbly table or chair to make it stand straight. It is perhaps not widely known that that, the air ace Sir Douglas Bader used to get about on an enormous pair of Ludlows before he had his artificial legs fitted. Yeah, there you go. Not bad. I'll tell you what then. Do you want a quick Christmas story then? Go on then. All right then. This is a true story. A true Christmas story. A quick... This is a, a short one. In 2007, in a small town in Arkansas, there was an unknown man dressed as Santa Claus walking around town and he left gifts on six people's doorsteps. Five of them were later revealed to be old, useless toys and other junk. While Jamie Frester and her husband received a package containing a series of papers. Most of them consisted of nothing but old office papers dating back to the 80s and 90s. But there was one note that stood out due to the large writing. It said simply, I'm sorry for whatever happens to your son. Ooh. 
Two years later, their their 12-year-old son, Chris, was hit by a car while crossing the street on his bike and suffered fatal injuries. Uh, The car that hit him did not stop to help and was never identified. To this day, it was never discovered who the mysterious Santa Claus was and if the note was purely coincidental. So, yeah, a true story there. Ooh. Not just a, not just a, not just a myth or some something that someone sent me on Twitter. <laughs> I missed that because I was getting my insult generator. Oh, oh, <clears> you, <throat> you, you fawning one trunk inheriting horn beast. <laughs> <laughs> it explains what they all mean as well. I've got I've got twelve twelve uh, Christmas ghosts here. So sinister screams in Lewisham, Greater London. Uh, cries from the victims of the Lewisham train disaster are said to be heard every December the 4th, the anniversary of the accident. In 1957, two trains collided, collided in dense fog, killing 90 people and injuring more than 100. Another version of the story says the phantom screams date back to World War, oh, World War II. Um, uh, apparently, Emily Bronte uh, haunts the grounds of Haworth per- Parsonage, according to her legend. Uh, yeah. Bishop's, Bishop's Castle in Shropshire. All the ghosts in the UK are said to congregate once a year on December the 21st at the Diaper Stones, perhaps a Gaulish AGM. Local legends suggest England should be ruined if the court, court site ever sinks into the ground. On one of the tours, the Devil's Chair, Satan is said to appear and speed up the process of the nation's destruction. Isn't that Boris, Judge? Just Boris Johnson in Whitehall? Boris Johnson, he's a greasy, rug-headed jackanape. <laughs> <laughs> that actually sums him up, doesn't it? He seems it like does, a jackanape, that's perfect, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Jack- jackanape is definitely something that describes him. <laughs> and rug-headed. Uh, so, Lower Boscastle in Cornwall. Winter solstice sees a mysterious phantom appear outside the Pendine Fogu, a torture according to legend. The figure, a woman with in white with a red nose in her mouth. What? A red rose red in her nose mouth. In... Red, no, red rose, not a red nose in her red mouth. Red nose in her mouth. A red rose in her... But it still sounds ridiculous. Red rose in her mouth, turns and enters the underground dry stone structure when spotted. Some say seeing her brings most misfortune. Nobody what happens. Nobody knows what happens if you follow her into the fog. No one's had the guts to follow her. Yeah. Fuck is a fog. Oh, you got one. If you if you if you if you're not busy this this uh, New Year's uh, this Christmas Eve, Kempston Manor, Bedfordshire, the sounds of a Christmas Eve charity tragedy are heard every December the twenty fourth on the site of a former man some former mansion, according to local stories. A child is once said to have run out to meet his parents as they pulled up on a horse drawn coach. In his exi- excitement for the return of his mother and father for the festive season, he was hit by the vehicle and later died of his injuries. What? Uh, so Brow in Derbyshire the Traveller's Rest pub is said to be haunted by a local farm girl who died after falling down the stairs the story goes she was hurrying to to escape a drunken labourer on a past Christmas Eve a woman in black with a large set of old fashioned keys is also said to have been spotted drifting around the inn the Uh, drunken was after Sam was he yeah Landy Landy Frydog I'm sure that's I've, I've pronounced that impeccably uh, Gwynedd. Uh, 
Legend says that an oddly shaped stone on Anglesey is what reminds of a thief who once stole a Bible. As he carried it over his shoulder, he was suddenly turned to rock, giving the name, giving it the name the Robber's Stone. Every Christmas Day, it runs three times around a field in which it stands, it said. Well, the stone runs around a field? Yeah. This sounds like an incontinent rump-fed lootster. <laughs> <laughs> and he, well, he carried the Bible over his shoulder, so it must have been a bit of a, yeah. a big Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, size. What happened to the Bible? Did that turn to rock as well? Uh, in Westminster, Greater London, a phantom monk is bound in, bound in chains. He's said to appear in Buckingham Palace once a year on Christmas Day. His spirit is under, understood to predate the construction of the iconic building, which started in 1703. The sound of a pistol shot is also reported to have been heard occasionally in a first-floor office. Edward VII's private secretary, Major John Gwynne, ended his life there. Mm. How did he end his life, it don't say? It's been by pistol, I would think. <laughs> um, yeah. Wormit in Fife. A train with growing, glow, glowing red lights is said to appear every December the 28th. At the side of site of the former Tay Bridge, designed by Sir Thomas Booch, the faulty structure collapsed in 1879 during a violent storm as a passenger train passed over it. The legend says the scene is reenacted every year on its anniversary. The train crashing into the cold waters, cold waters of the Firth of Tay below. It was the ghost of an actual train then. Yeah, train ghost. It was uh... I was in like like in Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, so down end on the Isle of Wight unidentified party goers have been spotted enjoying the evening at Manor House near Night and Gorges mm. yeah Night and Gorges according to local stories the only problem is that the property was demolished many decades ago a knight on horseback is also seen on the estate appearing once a year on December the 31st sounds like the shining party yeah. goers oh did you watch yeah. um, Dr what it's what's it called the sequel i've only seen the original ah oh, the sequel's out now isn't it with, that's three uh, hours long yeah sequel to the shining yeah that's from uh, a, 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 uh, is that a book adaptation as well yeah yeah it's called doctor something i'm fucking blanking on it you know like i normally do doctor sleep i think it's called doctor sleep i think and what does he go? Does he go crazy with an axe in that one? Uh, he ends up. He ends up back at the old place again. The Overlook Hotel. Yeah. Or the uh, what's it really called? The uh, Stanley Hotel, isn't it? Uh, so. And Jack Nicholas was there all along. As yeah, you, as you see in the photo. Do you know what? I, I, do you know what? Shelley Duvall scares the shit out of me way more than Jack Jack Torrance ever did. Apparently, she was like severely bullied by Stanley Kubrick so much that her hair fell out, and he did it just to make her look appear more scared on film. She looks more scary. She fronts the shit out. I mean, she's so weird and gangly, isn't she? Hi, yep. I'm Sherry <laughs> So weird and spazzy, isn't she, J Rock? Jack Nicholas's character gave it one. Yeah. Uh, as every new year begins, as I see in Westminster again. As every new year begins, a phantom is said to throw himself from Westminster Bridge into the Thames below. Many believe to be the ghost of Jack the Ripper, the unidentified 19th century serial killer. Another tale tells of a police officer who was called to prevent a woman from throwing herself over the railings, only for both the woman and the witness to vanish. Ooh. 
Creepy. Uh, so next one is Moonsy. So this is the last one. Moonsy in Fife. Earl, Earl Beardy, the resident of Lord's Carney Castle, once played cards against Satan and lost, according to legend. The fateful game is now said to be replayed once a year on December the 31st at midnight. Witnesses beware, however, as it thought anyone watching the game will be transported to hell at the end of the match. <laughs> it must have, been a, must have been a hell of a game. One hell of a game. Yeah. So, um, But um, Jack the Ripper couldn't live. The, with what he'd done, so he decided to top yeah, himself. Yeah. Then come up with took, that story. took five or six for him to like realize how bad it was what he'd done. But yeah. he got there in the end. Which which Jack the Ripper theory do you believe? I, I'm I, I'm quite in with the mortuary assistant theory. Yeah. What about um, the royalty, the royal family, wasn't it? Is it Kosminski? Yeah. Is it Kosminski? I think is the prime candidate. Isn't he? Yeah, I can't. Remember. I don't know what his name was, but it could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, because and yeah, the what you mentioned Ian, I think he was like the royal surgeon or something. Yeah, and he was. That was, uh... that was from that Johnny Depp yeah. film. Do you remember that bloke who had the shawl covered in jizz? You remember that guy? He bought he bought the shawl covered in jizz at an auction and had it. Mark Almond. <laughs> <laughs> no, he used to collect the jizz personally. He didn't need to buy it. At yeah, auction. he used to collect it in his mouth, didn't he? Go and yeah. buy that story. <laughs> You mean covered in Jack the Ripper's jizz? Yeah, one of the one of the whore's shawls. Yeah, Jack the Ripper's jizz rag, which was one of the uh, one of, one of the shawls, as uh, somebody's shawl, weren't there? And the, I think like the nep, the great great mm. nephew or something of this whore, you know, he was quite proud to buy it because he would pleasure himself whilst carrying yeah. out the murder, as as Peter Sutcliffe did in the same way with his yeah. with his specially designed sweater trouser type thing. Yeah. He, re- he really it. was a pioneer, weren't he, our Pete? Our Pete. Mm. He's no longer with us, is he? He's died of COVID. Oh, so. Finally. Has <laughs> he died of COVID or died with COVID? Probably with. I don't know, whatever. 28 <laughs> days within a COVID diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> he, was shanked, he was shanked to death, but it was going when it's going on down as COVID. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got, he, a, I've got a ghost He was thing. caught. Yeah, well, come on. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, he was caught. That is uh, the um, Yorkshire Ripper, though, is a sort of a Christmas story, isn't it? Because it was, he was caught. Was he delivering presents to the kiddies? I think the third, I think it was the third, just after the New Year, the third of January, he was yeah. he was caught when he was caught. So, so yeah. Was it him that Vic Reeves met in a pub once? That's what you said. And also you no, said. That was, no, that was Fred West. Well, he said, Rick Reeves said that he was hitchhiking in the, he'd been to Glastonbury Festival, which is in the West Country, Fred West Manor, and um, he said Fred and Rose picked him up, because he had long, well, I, I, we, we said this. Was story, the term West but... named after Fred West? It was, yeah, the West yeah. Country, that's where it came from. <laughs> that's why they, they called it that, nothing to do with it being my, in the West, West of England. My West is related to Fred West, isn't she? We're now entering Fred West, West country. That's his, that's, his, that's his. May West is his daughter. Yeah. But, yeah. but no, Vic Reeves said that he, because he had long hair, as everyone did in the seventies, that the the Wests thought that it was a girl, hitchhiking. Yeah. So they thought, oh well, we'll pick her up and kill her, and then realised it was a bloke, uh, so let him out. And then, uh, then Vic Reeves also said he was working in 
Middlesbrough or wherever in a in a in a loading bay, and um, Peter Sutcliffe was there, and he made him a cup of cup of tea. So, but you know, Vic Reeves, do you believe what he says? You know, that you, two two serial killers. I think he also said Dennis. He'd met Dennis Neil. He said Dennis Nielsen was eyeing him up in a pub in London as well. <laughs> so, so oh, you he's know. just fucking making it up, isn't he? Um, I think he's trolling there, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he went. And he went to Violet's funeral. Yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, you know. Okay. Well, we have a Hammersmith ghost murder case. Oh, pretty good. Um, Ooh. Hammersmith ghost murder case of 1804 set a legal precedent in the UK regarding self-defence that someone could be held liable for their actions even if they were the consequence of a mistaken belief. Uh, Near the end of 1803, many people claimed to have seen or been attacked by a ghost in the Hammersmith area of London, just believed by locals to be the spirit of a suicide victim. Of January 1804, a 29-year-old excise officer named Francis Smith, member of one of the armed patrols set set up in the wake of the reports, shot and killed a bricklayer, Thomas Millwood, mistaking the white clothes of Millwood's trade for a shroud, uh, sorry, for a, for a shroud of a ghostly apparition. A likely story. Mm. Smith was found guilty of murder and sentenced to death. Later, commuted to one year's hard labour. Um, years of hard labour, that's not bad, is it? Murder. So from November 1803, a number of people in the Hammersmith area claimed to have seen and some to have been attacked by a ghost. Local people said the ghost was a man who'd committed suicide the previous year and been buried in the churchyard. Contemporary belief was that the suicide victims should not be buried in consecrated ground, as their souls would not be then at rest. Apparition was described as being very tall and dressed in all in white. Bin? What, sorry? What are you supposed to do? Chuck him in the bin? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> him up. Chop him up like Fred did. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in the burgers. The apparition... <laughs> you, know, you know that McDonald's, McDonald's sell child meat in their burgers. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. yeah we, found, we found that out. I found that out the other day. From a man in the know. Um, so, uh, the apparition was described as being very tall and dressed all in white, but was also said to wear a calfskin garment with horns and large glass eyes at other times. Stories about the ghost soon began to circulate. Two women, one elderly and the other pregnant. Oh, oh, oh hold on. I missed, I missed the glass eye joke. Mari's rolling, he was rolling his eyes at me. We're rolling back. <laughs> uh, two women, one elderly and the other pregnant, were reported to have been seized by the ghost on separate occasions while walking near the churchyard. Apparently so frightened they both died from shock a few days afterwards. Is Bruce that like the two Sermon. nuns that were in a in a in a, gra- in a, in a churchyard and the man exposed himself? One of, one of them had a heart attack, the other one had a stroke. And, and the other one, and the other one said, "Where's the soap?" Yeah. <laughs> the other one said, "Alaska." Yep. Brewer's servant Thomas Groom later testified that while walking through the churchyard with a uh, churchyard with a companion one night, close to nine p.m., 
something rose from behind a tombstone and seized oh, him I, by the throat. <laughs> I bet he says that to all the girls, doesn't he? It just rose yeah. up from behind a tombstone. It's not my fault. <laughs> During the scuffle, his companion turned around, at which the goat gave me a twist around, and I saw nothing. A twist around uh, or a reach around? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, oh, and the next bit. I gave a bit of a push out with my fist. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And felt, and felt something something soft. Was his, was his Clapham Common this was all occurring on? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that Hammersmith is fairly close to Clapham, I think, I suppose. Yeah. On the 29th of December, oh, William... Oh, Gur- noises and uh, men covered in exopla- exoplasm. <laughs> and a rustle in the bushes. Yeah. And on 29th of December, William Girdler, a night watchman, saw the ghost while near Beaver Lane. William Googler. William Googler. William Grinder. William Spunk Met on Grinder. Yeah. The apparition, apparition threw off its shroud and managed to escape. With London, <laughs> with London not having a police, organised police force at the time, and as many people were very <laughs> much frightened. Some might, some might say it hasn't got an organised police force now. Yes, <laughs> not much has changed. Several yeah. citizens formed armed patrols in hopes of apprehending the ghosts. And hence, that's when they found the bootleg uh, dude and shot him. And it, yeah, and so um, it actually changed human law. So oh. a prick layer, did I you got, say? I got, I got, I got, the, I got the ghost, spooky ghost, all spooky ghost. Yeah, so so if you can't, if you mistake someone for monster, his defense, still... his defense should have been like, yeah, well, that's what happens when you shoot a ghost; it becomes real. What, mm. what do you want? But you get these uh, the people who dress up as Bigfoot, and uh, they get shot. What, yeah. what uh, you know? Are you trying to say that's what, what happened do? to the bloke that went hunting with Dick Cheney? Yeah, <laughs> that's in America. I think the the laws different there because they they never had a bloke who was shot who thought they're, they're wildly different because dick cheney never got nothing for shooting that bloke he went hunting with did <laughs> the uh yeah. you can shoot people willy-nilly there anyway to mention his war his war crimes dick cheney's a real finical motley-minded fleshmonger <laughs> 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 anyway there you go that's that one Pretty good. A ghost story for Christmas. Ooh, spooky ghost story. Yeah. Well, all right then. After that, and, and onto a lighter subject, a quick one here. Then urban, urban myth. The urban myth of Santa Claus at Christmas. Yeah. Yep. So, an interesting urban myth is that Santa Claus is in fact Satan in disguise. So we can look at the factors pointing towards this. Yeah. A, as a penchant for wearing red, as as does Satan. He is able to fly. Um, If you switch the letters of his name around, Santa, you get the names. You get the names Satan. He can't fly though, can he? That's what he needs the reindeer for. Well, the reindeers fly. It's good enough, isn't it? You know. Yeah, well, you know, not not as good as a winked up blind man, isn't it? I'm not going to be picky here. (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> if he's got reindeers that are fly, that's good enough for me, isn't it? Yeah, so, that's as good as yeah, a blind man. He can, fly, he can fly, you know, Satan can, can fly. Yeah. Actually, Satan can't fly, though, I don't think. Or can he? I don't know. I don't know, never asked. Anyway. Well, he's not um, Superman, the word... is he? Um, yeah, let's have a look. The word clause means hoof claws according to its old english definition as in the feet of satan they're hoof claws aren't they so so this his surname santa claus surname is actually the devil's feet as as you as uh, as we saw the devil's feet in um devon that time in the 1800s um oh was that, that the devil's feet is that connected to the um Mm. They they all they they went up the sides of walls and all sorts. Yeah, wasn't that, the wasn't devil's that some, footprints. Yeah, wasn't that connected to um what's his name? Um, the Jersey Devil. Oh, it's the yeah. Jersey Devil. Yeah, I was thinking Spring Heel Jack. Mm. Spring Heel Jack. Yeah. I think though Spring Heel Jack was just more someone who was just fucking about rather than a actual cryptozoological. Wait, he was animal. fucking around, jumping from the. Yeah, just someone dicking about, you know. Yeah. Well, the one in Devon wasn't, but the one in um the one in um Springfield Jack Spring in Hill London. Ja Springfield Jack used to jump from the floor to the from the, the the street to the top of a roof, didn't he? Yeah. All right, I take that back then. It wasn't someone dicking about. It was the actual. <laughs> it was it was the devil himself. Yeah. But it's anyway. almost as if it was Springfield. Mm. Yeah, he had springs in his That's... feet. Was it Inspector Gadget traveling in the <laughs> I go gadget heels. <laughs> Had an aerial in in his thumb. Yeah. So. But anyway, all no, that. No, because he'd have said no, because he'd have said go go gadget heels, and the woman would have got water squirted in her face as well, wouldn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he. Had a deal I don't know. Though, that for some reason, the internet just that. does not want you to know whether whether Satan can fly or not. Well, let's just say Satan can. I'm sure Satan can fly. But anyway. But anyway, you know, we look at is all he that. Bulletproof? That said, though, hmm? that is he said, uh, he's flame resistant, isn't he? <laughs> Living in hell, so he must be pretty, uh, pretty hard. But uh, but that is... said, though, that. that hmm? yeah. I was just going to say, he's, he's also very sensitive and has a relationship with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> hey, relax, guy. <laughs> All that said, though, the name Santa Claus actually derives from Sinterklaas, uh, which is the Dutch spelling for Saint Nicholas. So all the Satan-inspired myths are coincidence at best. So, bollocks. Just a thought there. Myth. So, First myth. Uh, do you want another? Do you want another Christmas myth? Go on then. Yeah. All right then. This myth happened to a teenage boy on the night before Christmas. He was alone in his was bedroom Michael Jackson listening. Involved? No, no. He, well, he liked pre-teenage boys, didn't he? Oh, teenage right. boy was two, yeah, around ten. That was that was what he was into. Yeah. Anyway, he was alone in his bedroom listening to some Christmas music on his headphones to get him into the festive mood. As he lay on his bed with his eyes closed, visions of a sexy Santa flashed through his mind. So he knocked one out there and then. As he shot his hot load, he opened his eyes and took, a, took his headphones off. 
to his horror, he discovered a sack full of presents at the bottom of his bed, which weren't there five minutes earlier. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say a cup of tea by the bed. Yeah. No, no, we know well. where you got this one from. <laughs> it was an awkward silence as he sat with his family at the Christmas dinner table the following day. So, that's that urban myth. There. As one sack was emptied, another sack was filled that night. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, does, does, does wanking really provide, uh, deprive you of your senses? <laughs> well, that's why you have you to have the headphones on in the story. Exactly. The headphones on, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> otherwise, the story doesn't add up, does it? Exactly. And your eyes closed as well. So. Yeah. But, um... That was merely what I did. You're going to do that with your fucking jizz everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, you're going to fire your, your lot. Yeah, so. But yeah, that was merely what I experience. I first heard that one as well. Which that was, one they used uh, to be on the radio, do you remember when they used to be on the radio? No, that was, uh, that was on TV. Rob Newman told that one as part of one of his. One of I, his me- uh, I remember on the radio they had Jack D once. Dion once. He was talking about cats and feeding them. He says uh, he was reading the side of the cat tin. It said. Uh, he said, this, this meat isn't for human consumption. He goes, oh, what a shame. I was going to make a nice spag bol out of that. <laughs> he was saying about how bad cat food smells. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And he, he was saying about how, how he'd like, um, he'd, he bit would kind of fall down and stick between his bare feet or something. Oh. <laughs> cat food. Yeah, anyway, it's pretty good. Oh. You know, um, there's a couple of urban miss you. Um, does anyone else want to have a go? Uh, it's what Pete. Any... Are we going to talk about Zwart Pete? Uh, yeah. this, this is this yeah, is in memory of in in uh, memory of Hobbit. Uh, if you've ever heard of Zwart, Zwart Pete, aka Black Peter, it has probably been from modern day blog post expressing horror at Dutch folks dressing up in blackface as Black Pete. Oh dear, no, they're not these days. Yeah, like the one Morris men as well, which has absolutely nothing to do with black people. Zwart Pete was originally conceived of as a chained devil that St. Nicholas had tamed, tasked with whipping bad kids with birch rods. In the, in the gentler version, he merely leaves bundles of sticks as gifts slash failed threats for disobedient kiddos. Eventually, a 19th century school teacher just, just described Black Peter as St. Nick's fuzzy-haired Negro servant, and that unfortunately stuck. Although alternative uh, versions refer to him as either a helpful chimney sweep or slave freed by Saint Nick. Although some Dutch citizens claim black, Peter's black skin comes from soot and not his African or Moorish heritage, an increasing number have become aware of his offensiveness and have either reimagined him as multiracial, sans blackface, or abandoned him altogether. Bonus fun fact there's also an Iranian version of Zwart Piet known as Haji Furuz or Sir Victor in English. Who's going next? Oh, you done? Sorry, I was having a slash. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I've got a report on ghosts in Lapland. Um, yeah. Taken from Augustine Calmer. Oh, Brucey Kibbert. Brucey Kibbert has been drunk for a week straight, and he's just threatened his employer. Well done, well done, Brucey. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've got ghosts in Lapland, which, of course, we all know is where Santa comes from. 
And this is taken from Augustine's Camlet's Phantom World, originally published in 1850. Now, vestiges of these ghosts are still found in Lapland, where it is said they see a great number of spectres appear among those people, speak to them, and eat with them, without their being able to get rid of them. And as they are persuaded that these are the manes or shades of their relations who thus disturb them, have no need, they have no means of guarding against their intrusions more efficacious than to inter the bodies of the nearest relatives under the hearthstone, in order, apparently, they may be sooner consumed. In general, they believe that the manes or spirits which come out of bodies or corpses are usually malevolent till they have re-entered other bodies. They pay some respect to the spectres or demons, which they believe roam around rocks, mountains, lakes and rivers, much as in former times the Romans paid honour to the fauns, the gods of the woods, the nymphs and the tritons. Andrew Alkiat says that he was consulted concerning certain women the Inquisition had caused to be burnt as witches. Nobody expects and... the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> having occasioned the death of some children by their spells, and for having threatened the mothers of other children to kill these also. In fact, they did die the following night of disor- disorders yeah, unknown noticed, to... Have you noticed Dom's getting slower because he's getting more drunk? <laughs> also... <laughs> Just written in 1850, and it sounds like bollocks. Yeah, <laughs> old word, old wordy, old wordy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oldie worldy. The f- fact they did die the following night of disorders unknown to the physicians. Here we again see those strigae or witches who delight in destroying children, and of course there was a strigae in in the Witcher. Yeah, Blair Witch enjoyed destroying children, didn't she? That yeah, and uh, and and uh, what was the serial killer guy they made up called? Oh, uh, shit, I, I watched. It. I used to watch all that stuff like all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. I used to. I used to be well up on the Blair Witch lore because it was quite interesting, wasn't it? The Blair Witch because they made up made up like like all like the lore and everything, didn't they? All all out of whole cloth, which I thought was quite interesting. I thought it was a good film, but you never saw any witch, did you? There was no witch in it, which was a bit disappointing. It's Rust, Rustin Parr, isn't it? Rustin Parr. Rustin Parr, that's, that's, that's it, yeah. yeah. Actually, I only have, I've only seen Blair Witch 2. Oh, shit. shit what, what you want to do is you want, <laughs> if you want to buy if you want to buy Blair Witch, Blair Witch 1 and Blair Witch 2 on DVD, watch the extras. You don't really have to watch the films because the extras are really, really good. So there's like, I, I think on the Blair Witch 2, there's a do- documentary about Rustin Parr. And then on Blair Witch One, there's a there's a documentary about the Blair Witch that it's really good content. Apparently, they 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 kind of dropped these three kids, these actors, in the woods, and the crew would come along and antagonise them in the night, and they really camped out and everything. They no, they were yeah. It's, it was the, the town the town of Burkittsville fucking hate them, don't they? Because they got inundated after it came out, didn't they? Because people thought it was yeah, real. Yeah, but why didn't they? You know, but why didn't they open a gift shop and a hot dog stand and shit and make some money yeah. out of it? You know, it's good when when these things happen for the town. Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, the worst a comment I've seen the Blair White project absolutely horrifying. Oh God, no! You don't want to see that. 
<laughs> uh, do, do you guys know who Blair White is? Yeah, there's a tranny in it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the tranny, the tranny quote unquote is conservative. I know Dom would after a few beers in, wouldn't you, Dom? I mean, yeah, she's a lot more um, convincing than, uh, what's her name? Uh, Bruce, what's his name? Bruce Jenner. Yeah, <laughs> Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. Yeah. The woman who's got a dick. Damn. But yeah, the, um, in the actual Blair Witch... Uh, the original Blair Witch. Um, you're supposed to, you're actually supposed to see the witch, but they they um, they didn't they they didn't. <laughs> no fun zone. No fun zone. Said I also become hostile when I don't get to enter another body for a while. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Yeah. Blair Witch Two is shit though, isn't it? This the um, it's so that's a straight up film, isn't it? I I, yeah, I, I haven't watched. The, there's a new Blair Witch, isn't there? Yeah, twenty sixteen, I think there was. Yeah, that's, they remade. that's I, where the younger it, the younger brother goes to look for the Blair Witch, don't he? Mm. And his sister, <sighs> and gets to see fuck all. I oh, really see. Yeah, don't find out. Anyway, the best bit in that is where the bit of snot can runs out of her nose because that's funny. <laughs> yes, I'm friends with her on Facebook. Hey, the bird with a bit of snot on her nose. Yeah. You're reminded that a bit of snot come out of her nose on a film. <laughs> <sighs> no, she's sort of like new age and all that shit. She didn't do acting anymore. She just, I do, uh, just did the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meditation and whatever. Got in, got the money and got out. Yeah. I don't think she made any money actually out of it. So. It was absolutely low yeah. budget, weren't it? Yeah, it's the. I think it was the, the biggest grossing... Biggest grossing film in terms of actual, you know, it only didn't cost much to make. And uh, I think it was one of the, yeah, it's one of shit. the. Sorry, go on. It a shitload in the box office. Yeah. It was. I think it was one of the earliest to use um, like mm. internet hype, wasn't it? To, that's yeah. why it got so successful. I had, to, I had to wait to go in for my screening because Chris screening because two people had a fight and another person had spewed on a spewed on a chair. <laughs> But um, they weren't, they sort of, yeah, there was the internet campaign first and they were treating it as real and these people had disappeared mm. and the actors weren't allowed to do any interviews or anything because they were supposed to be real. So they they had actually disappeared. Mm. But um, they took their inspiration from Cannibal Holocaust. Have you seen that film? Yeah, yeah, because that judge yeah. made all the cast appear in front of them. Yeah. That's another phone footage. That's the original phone footage film. It's yeah, actually yeah. quite good. I, I quite like that film. <laughs> I'm, got Sam, I'm, bit, I'm a bit a bit confused when they cut that bloke's cock off. That that looks rather too real, doesn't it? No, um, there is rumours uh, that it was a snuff film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about. There was a it, it, it went in front of the court, yeah. didn't it? The, the, a judge made everybody appear in front of the judge yeah. to make sure it wasn't a snuff film. But there isn't actually been a snuff film. There's been no, there's been no proved snuff film exists. What about all that shit on Live Leak? Live Leak, I don't know what, what is that? Oh, it's just one of these like gory internet, where, internet video sites. No, there's videos of people getting killed by accident, or you know, yeah. but snuff film is where you actually kill someone for the purposes for the film, you know, like porn, and, but murder. Yeah, exactly. What's and, that? and those, 
those don't exist. You've got, and also you've got the beheadings, the you know terrorist beheadings and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but you what know, was that early early internet site that showed all this stuff? There was there was uh, best, a best score, best score. Uh, um, style style project was one, wasn't it? Oh, I haven't seen that one. The, the only one yeah. I know about best score because uh, one psycho, one pickaxe was on there, weren't it? That was uh, Luca Magnotto like killing and getting that bloke live on there, weren't it? There's, there, there is ones on YouTube that exist. There's, um, there's the guy that um, shot himself. Mm. Footage of that. Um, that you know that filter song. Hey yeah. man, nice shot. The American politician, wasn't he? Yeah, he, uh, he yeah. was being he was being bribed, and he claimed he was yeah. innocent. And then there was a, there's one I saw of a couple of Russian teenagers out in the woods who they just beat the some guy cycling through death with hammers and off about it and film it as well and footage was on youtube you used to get in the in the early days of email as well when you would first get email in work in the in the late 90s yeah there was no you know you had no filter the companies didn't have filters and you used to get all this stuff <laughs> I, I remember having one yeah you did i remember the guy yeah, it's the amazing guy that it's I... amazing what used to be acceptable to send oh yeah anything, i used to send I used to send my uh, a friend all these images uh, of yeah. all this time shit. And, and, everything. and he, he came back with an angry email saying, my, my whole family uses this email account. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw, of these people mountain climbers falling down a Brucey mountain. Brucey Kibbert says, cartel torture is hard to forget. They use cocaine to keep the victim alive. Fucking hell. <laughs> I just remember seeing this mountain climbing one where his video these two guys on a on a on a cliff face climbing and then he just fell off and you saw them fall down this mountain. Obviously they must have well they were gonna they were dead, weren't they? But uh, he was you know but they were obviously a load of, of yeah. over gorged rump fed pig nuts. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, some and all kinds of all kinds of animal porn and all sorts you would get in those days just just in your work email because <laughs> you could any, oh. anything anything goes there was a guy that was fucked by a horse that was killed mm. there's oh. of course two, two girls one cup goatsy tub girl yeah. do you remember tub girl is <laughs> a, a woman with the her ass in the air in the bath with a fountain of diarrhea I mean, oh, no. <laughs> I've seen something similar, yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy with the the guy with the transparent underwear and he just shits himself. There's uh, <laughs> one where a guy puts this glass, uh, uh, yeah, a glass up his ass and cracks it in it and oh. it comes out all bloody and ass. <laughs> I've seen that one. It's just, it's just, luckily, luckily, no one sent me that one. Yeah. I think that's called One Guy, One Cup. Oh, <laughs> just... oh I feel quite ill now. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hands. Does anybody know what Mr. Hands is? Mr. Hands. It's a bell. Well, Wicker Man. Wicker Man is best. Ooh. Wicker Man. Oh, the yeah, Wicker Man, the deep. film with Edward Woodward. Yeah, I mean, I know the one with the like the meme with um, Nicholas Cage that, and he's done a, a you know, the not the bees. They oh God, Brucey Kibbutz has seen everything that you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the Wild West days of the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
now the cor- now the corporations <laughs> are taking it and just yeah it is it's a shame well it is, yeah it is a shame but uh mm. that's life isn't it but the it is amazing three, the last stand of free speech wasn't it was you know you first got you know when you, you were in work one day in work you didn't have email and then the next day they said right you've got email here so log on your computer and go into here and, these, and then and then all this stuff started deluge. coming through <laughs> a deluge of it was there and you said oh send this to the whole office and they'll have a look they'll enjoy this but anyway anyway that was that was that was the the great the golden age of a uh, the golden age the of gold email. rush the gold rush yeah. of the internet all yeah. right it's all over now. Anyway, who's next for a tale? Uh, who's doing Krampus? Is that you, Ian? Um, oh, uh, you can do Krampus. Do I've got the yeah, you up. do Krampus. Go ahead and do Krampus. Okay, here is a horned anthropomorphic and it's easy for you to say <laughs> anthropomorphic figure in Central and Eastern. I do. I hate that word as well, Dom. You're not the only person. It's a fucking horrible <laughs> word to get your mouth round, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. In central and eastern Alpine Alpine folklore during the Christmas you know, season. Th- does anthropomorphic and uh, struggles with Alpine. <laughs> <laughs> he scares children who have misbehaved. Assisting St. Nicholas uh, I mean uh, uh, hey, you've got well, a few I'll see if I can find some of Someone finds someone like he had a proper gang of reprobates around him, didn't he? Yeah, a lot of people assisting uh, Santa. Yeah. visit children on the night of the fifth of December, with Saint Nicholas rewarding the well-behaved children with modest gifts such as oranges, dried fruit, walnuts, and chocolate. So badly behaved ones only receive punishment from Krampus with birch rods. <laughs> Should use I hazel. Bet, I bet that's a much better whip. I bet, I bet the parents loved that, didn't they? Oh, <laughs> bad this year again. Oh, what a fucking shame. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's, it's probably the parents beating the shit out of the children yeah. and blaming it on Krampus. Here's your, here's your Christmas present. Krampus made me do it. It's not my fault. <laughs> but it, used to be, it used to be okay to hit children. It was all right. <laughs> not these days, obviously. With bits of wood, obviously. Yeah, whatever you wanted. Where did you get that black eye? M- Mummy said to tell you it was Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> um, teacher, the, orig- the teacher gave it to me. Well, well you shouldn't fuck about in school, should you? Yeah. <laughs> Origin is, of the figure is unclear. So, some folklorists and anthropologists anthropologists <laughs> have postulated it as having pre-Christian origins. Tradition, uh, traditional parades, and in such events as Krampuslauf, English Krampus Run, young men participate dressed as Krampus and attempt to scare the audience with their antics. Such events occur annually in most Alpine towns. Krampus is did anyone, do, on did ho- anyone do the clear pants and shit in their self thing then? <laughs> <laughs> when they're trying to upset the audience. <laughs> Um, Krampus is Shitting featured on, on each other. Shitting on people. Krampus is featured on holiday greeting cards called Krampus Carton. Since 1984, the character has become better known globally, having been portrayed in Hollywood horror films. 
Oh, there was a recent one. I didn't realise there was early ones. Almost oh, unknown one. before this time, Krampus had become has become part of American popular culture. Yeah, fucking yank. Ruining everything. <laughs> um, the history of Krampus... Uh, oh, is... Where does it... Peach uh. it. Um... history. In the aftermath of the 1932 election in Austria, the Krampus tradition was prohibited by the Dolphus regime under the clerical fascist Fatherland Front and the Christian Social Party. In the, 1950s, the, tongue, the clerical fascist yeah. Fatherland Front, didn't it? Surprise I managed to say it. What about the Fatherland Front <laughs> of Judea? Splitters. <laughs> <laughs> Government distributed pamphlets titled Krampus is an Evil Man. Surely that's the whole idea. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the century, a popular resurgence of Krampus celebrations occurred and continues today. Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well, along with local artistic tradition of hand-carved wooden masks. In 2019, there were reports of drunken or disorderly conduct by masked Krampuses in some Austrian towns. Um, although a Krampus appears in many variations, most share some common physical characteristics. It's hairy, usually brown or black, has the cloven hooves and horns of a goat. Long pointed tongue lolls out and he has fangs. It was like a were-goat, I suppose. Uh, where's the just, where's the where's the two nuns in a bar? Yes, it does. Where's the, where's the goat? Where's, where's the, goat? the goat? Yes, it does. They use washing themselves with a goat. <laughs> nuns and a goat in a bar. Alaska. And they <laughs> fig themselves off with the goat, and they say, "Where's the goat?" Anyway, yes, go on. It does. Yeah. Uh, uh, he carries chains, thought to symbolise the binding of the devil by the Christian church. He thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. Chains are sometimes accom- accompanied with bells of various sizes. All pagan is that, origins is that are sticks the... and stones may break my brains, but whips and chains excite me. <laughs> that was that's very that's a very eighties. Wasn't that one of those Athena posters or something? Most probably, yeah. <laughs> And along those lines, Jim Jim Cook has said in the chat, "Damn good thrashing never did any child any harm." No, nope. so, yeah, they so. you can all take something. Just thrash them a bit too much, and you end up with a Fred West. But you know, yeah, and um, take it taken into care. Yeah, more pagan origins are the rootin bundles of birch branches that Krampus carries. With which he occasionally Isn't that commonly known children. as a faggot? It is, yeah. A bundle yeah. of sticks, yeah. Yeah. Bruton may have had significance in pre-Christian pagan initiation rites. Birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Sometimes Krampus appears I think, I think Krampus, Krampus, Krampus was given the birch branch by Big Birch. I think Big Big Birch put a lot of money into uh, making sure Krampus was linked with the birch rod. Yeah, well, as I said, you know, hazel branches would be better. Like, they're very yeah. long and straight, and they have very kind of springy whip. Yeah. Um, 
the birch branches are replaced with a whip in some representations. Sometimes he appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back. This is to cart off evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. You know, some of the older versions make mention of naughty children being put in the bag and taken away. This quality can be found in other companions of Saint Nicholas, such as Zwart Piet. Oh, here's the one you mentioned. Zwart Piet. Yeah, Peter, isn't Pete. it? Yeah. And Peter. Yeah. yeah. Um. I thought Black Pete was more Dutch, but, you know. I thought that was like the, the BLM forcing Blue Peter to change their name. Black Bushes. Black Bushes from porn films from the 70s, isn't it? Black Bushes. <laughs> um, uh, remember, so remember the Tina Turner song, Black Bush City Limits? Yeah. So he has been imported and modified for various North American media, including print, e.g. Krampus, the Devil of Christmas, collection of vintage postcards, Krampus, the Yule Lord, 2012 novel, uh, television, both live action, a Krampus Carol, uh, animation. Is he going to end up like the, like the leprechaun? You can, you can have Krampus in the hood and all that kind of stuff, are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, very picture Christmas. Minstrel Krampus. Oh, that was a 2013 episode of American Dad, apparently. Video game Khan Evil. Finding of Isaac Rebirth. And the film's Krampus. Comedy horror movie from Universal Pictures in 2015. Very good. And now we know of Krampus. Yeah, I've seen clips of the of the horror film. It did look it did look quite good. Mm. Uh, and it, speaking of whipping, Peter, there seems to be a lot of whipping goes on at Christmas because uh, the French the French have a guy called uh, Père Fiudard, which means Father Whipper. Is that like motherfucker, Father Whipper? You Father Whipper or Pierre <laughs> Fiudard in French? Date back to around twelve fifty two. He said to join Saint Nicholas. He hands out lumps of coals or even dishing out whippings to naughty children while the well-behaved get gifts. While similar characters exist all over Europe, Pierre Foutard is best known in the far north and east of France, in southern Belgium and in French-speaking Switzerland. Oh, there is a Christmas ghost I want to talk about. Uh, Kevin the Carrot is now a ghost, isn't he? Kevin the Carrot? Yeah. Kevin the Carrot from from the Little Adverts. You've not seen Kevin the Carrot? Yeah. Okay. No, he's a ghost. He's a ghost now. He's dead. He's a deceased parrot. He's a deceased character. Deceased, deceased he, is, he is no more. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it a Norwegian blue carrot? <laughs> uh. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, if you want to tell us of Kevin the carrot, go for it. Otherwise, I'll no, tell you it. about... That's it. Yeah, okay then. All right, all right, then. Shall I tell you then? Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. Yeah. Sacrilege. Okay, then. Go for this one. There is no scriptural justification for Jesus being born on December the 25th. The data actually comes from the scholar Hippolytus. I was going to say, isn't, isn't there like no, isn't there no thing about his date of birth at all? So that it's like. It's not. Well, like, it's not exactly some sort of gotcha, is it? 
Well, you can work it out, though. Yeah. Um, is, he, oh, is he not on IMDb? Politus <laughs> <laughs> of Rome determined it in the early 3rd century, assuming that the conception of Jesus took place at the spring equinox, which placed which is placed which placed March the twenty fifth. He then added nine months. So he's so a... he's presuming the, the conception date. Well, he's, he's yeah, well, yeah. To, oh well, you know what? We'll just say it's at the spring egg. Well, he's got the sort of name that you're gonna to listen to though, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. So he then added nine months, taking advantage of winter festivals that were already celebrated around that time. Yeah. There are a number of errors in this reasoning, though. The least of which, well, first of all, he's making he's making it up from the start. Well, the, well, in fact, is he made is he actually a real person anyway? But uh, the least of which is the human gestation cycle is actually forty weeks, which would put Jesus's birth sometime in mid January. Not only that, in the Bible, Luke mentions specific references. Oh, Harley, to... Harley's going to get a JDLE t-shirt, a 14 words t-shirt, because she said 7th of Jan. She's the yeah, alright then. We can send a t-shirt to uh, to Harley yeah. then. Yeah, you want a 14 um, words t-shirt, Harley. Yeah, yeah. If we ever um, make one, you can have one. Um, <laughs> uh, Can't say fairer specific... than that, can I? <laughs> well, um... Can I get a 14 words cock ring? Yeah, but, um... <laughs> Keep, uh, yeah, anyway. So, um, Luke makes specific <laughs> 14 words to... Krampus whip. Doctor, <laughs> I keep, um, I keep, um, can't, uh, yeah, anyway. Never mind. Okay, then. So, Luke makes specific reference to shepherds grazing their sheep in the fields, which only took place in the warmer months of the year. So, again, the calculation points to this not being a December, December birth. December the 25th wasn't celebrated as Christmas until at least the 4th century when it became a vehicle to deter Christians from celebrating the pagan winter, winter solstice. In the Wicker Man. Oh, I think Jesus Christ, no! The main argument against... Jesus Christ! You know, you remember that, don't you, when he's shouting at the end? Jesus Christ, no, yeah. when he's in the Wicker Man. Yeah, do you remember when they go yeah, to the village oh, yeah. shop and there's a jar of foreskins on the counter? Do you remember that bit from yeah. the Wicker Man? <laughs> the girl oh, is sick, so she she puts a frog in her throat. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the chat the um command um techno song. While Which you uh, while you what, continue. They, they did one of the Wicker Man, did they? Yeah, the the Nicolas Cage one. Oh god. They're not the bees. But uh, Britt Eklund used a, a body double for for the arse shots as well, so it's not. Oh, it went. Yeah, and she used. A I did. I did cunt. notice that she used um, a stunt cunt for Scarlet, the close-ups as well. I did know that uh, Scarlett Johansson. I think she used the butt double because her ass looks different mm. in about three different shots. She used a stunt cunt as well. Stunt ass. I think she was used. It was a kiddie yeah. program. Anyway, okay then. But the main argument against December the 25th being the birthday of Jesus, though, is... is the fact that it that, is? No, is the fact that Jesus didn't actually exist and it's all a bunch of bullshit. Imaginary people don't have birthdays. So there you go. So. Yes, they do. Star Wars has a birthday. It's May the 4th. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, Jesus was at home one day. Jesus was at home one day and he walked Imaginary into the Imaginary people lounge. do have birthdays. They were all born at some point. 
Yeah, right then. Okay, well. On it, but Jesus was at home one day and he walked into the lounge of his flat, but he didn't close the door uh, behind him. His flatmate looked at him and said, Fucking hell, Jesus, shut the door behind you. Were you born in a barn or what? I think Jesus was a pestiferous, shrill tongued pin button. Yeah. Do you know right, about Jesus that... goes into a bar, he, says, he puts four nails on the counter, he says, can you put me up for the night? <laughs> uh, four candles. But anyway, not the bees. So not the bees. <laughs> God, anyway, that is an awful... That, why did they even bother with that remake of The Wicker Man? I have to remake everything these days, so... Yeah. Mm. I'm surprised they've not remade Jaws. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed Blue Deep Blue Sea. I thought that was a good film. Hmm. I think that remake of The Wicker Man is amazing. He dresses in a bear suit and punches a woman in the face <laughs> and he fly, <laughs> fly kicks another woman into a wall. <laughs> what the fuck is going uh, on? The, the, best, the best flying kick on, on film is definitely Hot Fuzz where, he fly, where, where Nick, uh, where, um, Nick, what's his name, uh, vaults that fence and kicks that old lady in the full in the face, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> I tell you what, then I got another Christmas, a quick tale sent to me by another Twitter follower. Yeah, Snowball, Snowball eighty seven. This one yeah. comes from. So let's have a look then. As I started to decorate my Christmas tree this year, I picked up an angel ornament that had been given to us by my grandfather, who passed away twelve years ago. As I look at it, it reminds me of something strange that happened three years ago. We had just bought a brand new Christmas tree. We had brought it home and set it up, and it looked good. But when we put the fairy lights on the tree, they weren't working properly. The lights at the top were lit, so and, and also the lights at the bottom were. But the lights in the middle were not. We spent fucking ages trying to fix them, ensuring that every bulb was screwed in properly, properly and we, but we still had no luck. We did absolutely everything we could, but could not get the lights to come on. We ultimately gave up and decorated the tree anyway, with all the baubles and shit. Picked up my grandfather's angel ornament and placed it on the unlit part of the tree. The exact moment that it touched the tree, and I mean the exact moment, the lights came on. We were in shock. We couldn't believe it. I know it might seem like a coincidence, but I truly believe my grandfather was there with us, especially as he was an electrician by trade. We've had a few other experiences, that which were, without doubt, him. Ooh. Yeah, so there you go. Spooky. That was set. That came from Snowball 87. Who had that experience? So, uh, yeah. Do you want to know about the Cali Cancer, Roy? It's going to take me longer to read the name than do the story. Yeah, uh, uh, go for it. Well, it's called the Cali Cancer, Roy, and then it says the Cali Canceros is, is a malevolent goblin in southeast European and Anatolian folklore, where they're believed to be creatures of the night that dwell underground but come to the surface during the twelve days of Christmas. Any child born during this time was in danger of transforming into a Cali Canceros. Bizarrely, one way to protect yourself from a calicanceroi is to... Oh, is calicanceros plural, then? Calicanceros. Yeah, calicanceroi is singular. That's what there is. Hmm. Is, is, is. Is to place a colander on your doorstep. The calicanceroi would sit at the doorstep all night, counting the holes in the colander until the sun rose and forced them back into hiding. 
Perhaps a better method of protection was to simply leave the fireplace burning all night so they could not enter through the chimney. Hmm. Sounds like a bit autistic, this. Yeah. Hunting holes. Uh, it's Dustin Hoffman, <laughs> isn't it? The Cali Cancer is Dustin Hoffman, isn't it? Mm. He's a good driver. Getting, the Cali Cancer get... is a good driver. Good driver. Get Cali Canceroy to take you to a casino and make yeah. that money. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, how about Frau Perchter? Her name Frau means Perchter. the bright one, and she was a goddess in Alpine paganism under German and Austrian regions of the Alps. Perchter feel, appears either as a beautiful as white snow or an old haggard lady, you know, one or the other. You know, mm. make your mind up, love. She's sometimes said to have one large foot, which symbolises her ability. Is this bullshit or what? Like they just don't know, do they? Has one large foot. Yeah. Uh, which symbolises her ability to shapeshift into an animal form. Perchter was said to roam the countryside at midwinter and to enter homes during the twelve days of Christmas, leaving silver coins under the pillow of well-behaved children and hard-working young servants. However, if they'd been bad or lazy, she would slit them open, disembowel them, and stuff them with straw and pebbles. A gruesome punishment that earned their name, the belly slitter. So, you know, be good kids or just get your gut slitter. The belly slitter. slitter. It's one of those names again, isn't it? The, yeah. Uh... So do you think parents used to do that just to keep the myth going? Well, times were a lot more brutal, weren't they, in those days? Yeah. So It wouldn't have surprised me. Uh... Who else yeah, have we so... got? Uh, got one more here. We've got the Befana. 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 In Italian folklore, is an old woman who travels across Italy on the 5th of January, the eve of Epiphany, and delivers gifts to children. She's said to fill the socks of children with toys and sweets if they're in good, or cold, dark sweets, onions and garlic if they're in bad. Dark sweets? What are dark sweets? That poos. Um, so pretty similar to Father Christmas or Sanata Claus. That's not me. That's why the journalist wrote it. In that respect, she travels by broomstick wearing a black shawl and covered in soot due to her habit of flying into the home mm. by the chimney. For this reason, she's known as the Christmas Witch. Mm. The le- legend of Bethany says she offered shelter to the three wise men on their journey to find Jesus. They were so impressed with her hospitality, they offered her the chance to come with them to visit, but she said she was too busy doing her housework. Uh, men, eh? <laughs> wouldn't they help? She later regretted not going into this day. She continues to fly around searching for Jesus. Any children seeing her in the house are said to receive a whack from her broomstick. A handy way of keeping the kids in bed on Christmas morning, we guess. Bit violent, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like a Halloween stroke Christmas tale there, isn't yeah, it? a bit weird. Yeah, you could adapt that to either. Uh, so the Belch... Yeah. Oh, the Belch Nickel is an irritable fur-wearing figure from German folklore. Like Santa Claus, he comes bearing gifts. He's also prevalent in Pennsylvania Dutch communities and Brazilian-German communities, and often associated with other companions of St. Nicholas in German-speaking Europe, but unlike the other companions, Belsnickel hunts alone. Belsnickel carries a long, flexible piece of wood known as a switch, which he uses to whip and discipline naughty children, while the well-behaved children are rewarded with nuts, cakes, and sweets from his pockets. It's likely that Belsnickel is based on an older German myth, Necht Ruprecht, a servant of St. Nicholas and a character from northern Germany. Uh, have you right. two got some more stories of Santa, uh, Santa Claus's mates? Um, I've got a true crime Christmas story which I can uh, okay. I can a rendition to. If no one's got any follow up of yours there, so um, okay, let's review this one. 
Christmas Day 2013 in the Edinburgh suburb of Clermiston. Elderly apartment block resident Alan Williamson heard a loud banging at his front door. He was reluctant to answer the door, and we can understand why, as he had had cons a considerable amount of trouble with a neighbour uh, of his over the previous six months or so. Given what day this was, and how lonely it can be for some elderly people on the most festive day of the year, Alan decided to roll the dice and open up the front door to whoever it was, possibly in the hope that it was someone coming to wish him a Merry Christmas. The only thing that Alan was greeted with when he opened his apartment door that Christmas morning was death. The person waiting on the other side of the threshold set upon the elderly man with a six-inch kitchen knife, stabbing him 29 times. Was it, times. Uh, was it uh, being naughty? A... Was uh, Baba, what's her name, going to see him? Well, it was, I'll soon find out who it was. In the attack that left Alan lying lifeless in a pool of blood in his own apartment. Other re residents of the apartment block heard the commotion coming from Alan's residence and were quick to phone the police and to tell them something terrible was going on. Officers arrived to find Alan Williamson dead, with a tail of blood leading from Alan's home um, all the way to another apartment in the same complex. They followed the blood and knocked on the door where the blood trail ended, only to find the door was unlocked. Entered and found a 37-year-old Melissa Young in a state of frenzy and covered in blood. So, obviously, that was the person who had killed Alan. Mm. Officers asked Melissa if she'd had just stabbed the man in the apartment across to her, to which she replied she had, stating that the power it gave her was amazing. She promptly, was promptly arrested, then taken to a nearby police station for questioning. During the interview, not only did Melissa admit to killing Alan, but she essentially blamed him for provoking the attack, saying that she was enraged when that he had disliked the Christmas present that she had bought for him. She explained that she had given him a pair of trainers, which she believed Alan would like, but he found the colours of the footwear to be objectionable. Melissa tried to explain that the colours were unisex. What colours were they? Probably pink and some, you know, pink and something. Pink and purple. Some Alan was old-fashioned, so, you know, he didn't want to be seen as a Nancy boy, so... Anyway, <laughs> Melissa tried to explain that the colours were unisex, but Alan had insisted that he didn't like them, and Melissa herself should keep the trainers. Rejection simmered for days until apparently boiling over on December the 25th when she called on his apartment and murdered him. A subsequent toxicology report revealed that in the aftermath of her arrest, Melissa had traces of four different illegal drugs in her system, as well as having a blood alcohol count that would have made it illegal for her to drive. During her trial, a doctor told the court that Melissa was an alcoholic and was liable to dangerous violent outbursts. The doctor also explained that Melissa also inhaled, inhaled solvents daily and was on 14 different prescription drugs. Sounds like a cracking even, bird. She's a proper cratch, isn't she? And had even smoked heroin on the morning that she murdered Alan Williamson. So, yeah, she was on all sorts. So... 
It also emerged during the trial Melissa had been harassing Alan for quite some time, and earlier in 2013 she had actually abducted Alan and assaulted him to a horrific incident which stems from a false belief that he has stolen her house keys. Alan was held at knife point for a number of hours, with the situation only ending when Melissa turned her back for a moment, giving Alan the chance to escape by jumping over the first floor balcony of her apartment into the garden below. At the end of her trial, Melissa was sentenced to 20 years before being eligible for parole. The court heard Melissa had a fixation with the Catholic Church, writing letters to the Pope and attending a central Edinburgh church. She also had a tattoo of the Virgin Mary on one arm and one of the devil on the other. She claimed at the trial that the Archangel St. Michael had taken over her body and used her as an instrument of God to the unclean demon. Whilst passing sentence, the judge told Melissa, having murdered him, you set about trying to convince health professionals that you were suffering from diminished responsibility, as in the Yorkshire Ripper case. While it's true that you have severe person personality disorder, it's clear that you played no part in what happened that night. You showed no remorse, and the fact that you showed the court that you were indifferent to his death. June of 2014, whilst being held for trial in the women's prison court in Vale, Melissa was convicted of assault after she attacked and bit a female prison officer in the stomach so hard that it drew blood. After her conviction, a Scottish newspaper managed to get an interview with her old boss, who employed Melissa at an adult sauna parlour. The man spoke of her troubled childhood and descent into violence, crime, addiction and religious mania, explaining that he had to fire her after he it was discovered she had stolen from her clients whilst working at the sauna. The pair remained friends after she was fired, but the former boss stated that he felt lucky he did not uh, suffer a similar fate to Alan Williamson after he was forced to let her go. The former boss said he was once at Melissa's home and he witnessed her playing with a carving knife before telling him I could kill them all. At the time he thought it was scary, but he was used to her saying strange things and trying to get attention. He went on to say that Melissa was a broken person and he wasn't surprised when she carried out the murder. Melissa also had run-ins with all the girls who worked at the sauna that were with her. Uh, they were frightened of her and she would start fights because th she had an inferiority complex and suffered from paranoia. Her smoking cannabis on a daily basis didn't help this. The former employer took Melissa and the other girls who worked at the sauna to see the Lady Boys of Bangkok at Edinburgh Festival. It was going to be a great night out, but soon all hell broke loose when Melissa ended up in a fight with a massive butch lesbian. <laughs> the other sauna girls would say that Young would steal their possessions and would sell them to pay for drugs. Almost there. Said Melissa asked her for £3,000 for breast enlargement surgery, but he refused, but he refused and she threatened to kill him. 
He told her that she should save her money and not spend it on drink or drugs. He then found out that she had started turning tricks in her own flat, which made him angry as she was stealing business from his customers, so he fired her. Bessie was evicted from her apartment after a client knocked on the door of a neighbour and they called the police. Her former employer said that he witnessed her descend into greater depravity and claimed that she boasted of taking groups of drunken men, as many as 13 at a time, round the back of a nightclub to have their way with her. She was also into... Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy birds are always best in the sack, aren't they? Yeah, well, yeah. Not, this, not this one, though. I think this will draw the line when it comes well, to Well, we're this. not saying she's not good in the sack, though, are we? <laughs> want to find out she yeah. was also a serial shoplifter who had clothes worth of worth thousands of pounds in the flat when she was arrested the interview with her former employer painted a picture of a highly disturbed person who exasperated their poor mental health with the habitual use of hard drugs and alcohol someone who was so disconnected with any sense of human decency that they would murder someone over a christmas present maybe this christmas we should all be a little grateful for the gifts we receive. You may never know who may take rejection to heart and plot terrible bloody revenge. The end. How about this for a Christmas party then? It was Christmas <laughs> yeah. Eve of 2004 in the small city of Covina, just outside their city, just outside of LA. Parties dominated the neighbourhood. 1129 East Nolcrest Drive had around 25 close friends and family enjoying each other's company. At around 11.30pm, a knock at the door came. Standing on the other side of the door, it was Santa Claus. At least that's what the eight-year-old girl who answered the door thought. But it wasn't St. Nick. It was a man called Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, the unstable and violent ex-husband of one of the women at the party. He was holding a 9mm pistol in one hand and a flamethrower in the other. He had a further three handguns in his possession. Crawley and methodically, he bent about shooting everyone in his sight before setting a light to, his, to the house. Nine people would die and three would be badly injured. Pardo left, driving to his brother's house some 30 miles away. He had planned to detonate a series of handmade explosives and make an escape to Canada, but the fire had caused his Santa suit to melt onto him, causing severe third-degree burns. Instead, Pardo, Pardo decided to put a bullet in his head. We hope you didn't put, off your, put you off your mince pies too much. Merry Christmas, everyone. That's what it says at the end. Of the Merry day. Christmas. Merry uh, Christmas. It's pretty good. Murder at Christmas. Can't beat it, eh? Can't beat a bit of murder at Christmas. Yeah. Oh, but, how about this one? Uh, I've got one more. When 37-year-old Patty White offered offered down on a look Michelle O'Dowd a place to stay with the festive period, Michelle was delighted at the Christmas spirit being shown to her, but White had an ulterior motive, one involving stealing all of her new housemates' credit cards, killing her and leaving her, leaving her among a trash Christmas tree to look like a bungled burglary. The scene was discovered by Michelle's twin brother, Phil, who went in to check on her after she failed to show for work. There, amongst the pile of wrapped Christmas presents, he saw his sister's foot. Patty White had been beaten and strangled. The 67-year-old left her among the gifts. She would receive a 45-year sentence from a South Carolina judge for her foil crime. Like yeah, there's actually quite of, a few Christmas episode murders. of East Enders at Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to talk about the Sodder family, but it's like, I think I started it a bit too late. Have you ever heard of that one? The Sodder well, family. The Sodder family. It's the one um, where the family go to sleep. There's a bump on the roof. Then the woman like dismisses it. Then it turns out the house is on fire. But they can't do anything about the house fire because the ladder 
to get to the roof. The, the ladder that's usually around has gone missing. Um, then after this, the fires, so they, they, and the water butt was frozen, so they couldn't do anything about the fire. Um, so the next thing, so so they just had to stand and watch it burn. But they watched it burn, went through everything, then like couldn't find the bones of any of the kids that were left in the house. See, <laughs> tell that one. Oh, it's it. a really, uh, it's too long and involved because there's all kinds, because it spans literally like until the parents die. It's a really, really long story and there's like bits that come into it and stuff. I, I, I should do it another time around. That sounds yeah. like an episode of all on its own. Oh, it is. Yeah, because there's like mysterious phone calls, um, ransom demands, all kinds of weird stuff. It's a really, really good story. Sounds good. We should um should review what we're gonna do in the coming months. What have you got planned next then? Well, as I said uh, earlier, um we'll look at ghosts caught on film, yeah, and look at some various Ghosts on film. Do, do, do. Ghosts on Duran Duran. Yeah. Also um, we we should make an effort to go out and capture some ghosts on film. Yeah. I think we need to sort could... out probably like I don't know, maybe end of Jan, like maybe going into the spring. Like we need to do a field trip to Borley Rectory, don't we? Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, we're going to we need to do an OB. Obviously, the the rectory is no longer there. The church is there, also. Can but you I, walk I on the ground? Is it owned by? Is it trespassing? No, I think it's difficult. There? I think you probably try and get try and get permission of someone to walk on the ground. You can do. Um, but um, yeah, it would be good to to do. Uh... So has anything been built on there then? Not really, no. There, there's the actual site of the rectory is sort of garden, and if you look at the old photos of the rectory, you've got the rectory cottage, which is still there. Yeah, just and it's the same style as the rectory. You know, yeah. I, I like to live there. I got to admit, <laughs> I wonder yeah, who owns that. Size, that's a good size. rectory was a good size house, wasn't it? But um, the cottage is still there, and it's the same. That's supposed yeah. to be older than the rectory itself, and that's built. It's the same sort of brickwork, same style, you can see. And then behind that is the garden, and that's where the rectory was. Then the actual rectory garden itself, which is quite long, there's sort of new houses built there, sort of, not many, only like two or three houses built on that on that land. But you can see... That, you, can uh, go, you can stand on the edge of the churchyard, couldn't you? Cause, uh, you can go and then... actually go in the church and... Yeah, I think I think recently. Well, what was, what I mean uh, what I mean is because the ghostly nun used to walk between the rectory and the church, didn't she? Um, there's nuns walk, which is along the side of the rectory, yeah. which is by the wall. Um, you can probably there's sort of uh, I'm sure there's I'm sure if you look into it, there's probably other ghosts that Harry Price made up, um, as well around the church. You're not accusing Harry Price of making stuff up. Yeah, it's just okay. No, so, Harry Price, uh, he was involved in in Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Jeff the Mo- Talking Mongoose. Hey, we should go to the, the Jeff the Talking Mongoose site. Yeah. Find the house. And the remains of the house. But yeah, yeah so we'll try and sort something out. A haunted location would be good to go to. Yeah. And we can do a spirit board when we're there as well. And try and contact the... Uh, the uh, the previous yeah. uh, the previous occupants would be good to make yeah. contact. Go, go and find the bus driver. I'll take a, an FM, AM, FM radio out of tune and we can like wave that about and say, well, there's <laughs> some interference there. Put that on YouTube. Ghost is telling us there'll be rain tomorrow. Uh, 
Damien wants to know if we've got proton packs. Um, we can get some. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have a proton back in the day. But yeah, it should be good the new year. We'll look into some uh, new subjects to cover. As I said, though, that would be one program we'll do. We'll look at some of the... Well, I've been working on it. we could look at some of the classic ghost photos and also some of the more contemporary ghost photos. We can look at those, look into the background of them and see what we think of those. The Russian we'll look at a few ghost photos. Maybe... I don't trust um, any Russian ghost photos. They're nearly all CGI'd. Uh, oh, um, you know, you know, there's a lot of um, ghost uh, sightings on TikTok. Where these girls do their silly dances, and then there's a ghost in the background. Yeah, that's that. That's the thing, apparently. (laughs) And NHS workers doing their dances when you're thinking, "Well, hang on a minute, what are you complaining about? You complaining about the money, and you're doing this?" That's uh... spooky. That's spooky. That isn't it? Are, are, yeah. are, are the health workers are rushed off their feet, but they have time to yeah, do TikTok they're, videos. they're dicking about. But anyway, but yeah, no, that's what we'll do. And also, we can do one on the Amityville haunting. That'll be a good one. Do a do a program on that one. You can night. actually do a postscript to that, can't you? Because the Sun released a book, didn't he? There's quite a few books out there, and uh, well, the, the Sun released a book, and uh, that's yeah. quite interesting. I listened to a podcast on it, so I can talk yeah. a little bit about the Sun. <clears throat> Also, there's the film franchises, Halloween, mm. as we mentioned, Nightmare on mm. Elm Street, Hellraiser. Yeah. Yep. Those... And yep. uh, what Bank they were based... so, some of them were based on stuff, weren't they? Like Scream was based. Scream was based on an actual uh, event, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just generally a sort of a satire on slasher movies, wasn't well, it? Well, it is. It is, but it's actually based on a real event. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll do that. Irish Lake Monsters. We'll do that one. Irish Lake Just Monsters. That'd be the Kelpie. The, the Kelpie Irish, aren't they? Yeah, the Loch Ness Monsters of Ireland. And there's quite a few of them. So oh, sorry, I'm on the, on the family Ness. Yep. The so, Irish cousin. The Witcher series horse is called Kelpie. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Kelpie. It's, the, uh... it's, uh, it's Roach in the Witcher 3, isn't it? So no, that's Geralt's horse. Oh, sorry. Whose horse? Whose horse is called Kelpie? A series. Oh, okay. She's travelling through dimensions and shit. Anyway. Yeah. So we've got plenty to go on. So uh, unlike yeah. the police force that had their toilets nicked. Police have had their toilets stolen. Um, they say there's the they saying the thief is taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so that's are we done? I think we're done, yeah. Right, we're done. Good night all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have a spooky Christmas.